My name's Jason Doman. I'm the youth pastor here at Alpine Church, and so uh, I'll start this message off the same way I start all my messages, just by saying, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. As a youth pastor, you give them a microphone, you just never know what you're going to get, and so we're just going to go with it and, and, and see what happens. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be here, though, at the Syracuse campus. I, 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 I get around every Sunday, and I, and I rotate around, but I do consider Syracuse my, my home campus, so I love being here with you guys. Uh, this is my favorite place to be, uh, and, and I am excited for the chili cook-off. I do. We're, we're the, the reigning champion is the name not to be named, I think, but we do want to dethrone this person, so if you can make chili and it's good, please, please be part of that uh, and, and bring your chili for us. I'm a professional taster. I don't cook, but I'm, a, I, I'm good at tasting. So, um, you know, I, we just had this huge event yesterday, or Friday and Saturday for youth. Uh, it was called Blessable. Maybe you guys saw some, some things about it. And it, the event was, it, it's basically 24 hours to do as many challenges as you can. So we have a list of like 200 challenges, and each one is worth a certain point total, and it's anything from doing a 15-second handstand to hiking to the top of King's Peak, which nobody did, by the way, so I'm kind of disappointed. But, and everything in between. So we had kids eating worms. We had kids doing cartwheels. We had kids singing. We had kids doing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, and then last night, we capped it off with, with United Worship. We did an hour of worship and handed out some prizes and stuff, and it was such a cool event, and, and I realize if you've ever thought about being a, a youth leader, first of all, I would recommend that you start with not having hair because you will lose it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Justin, he's not in here so I can make fun of him, um, he was a good, 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 good candidate, right, because he was already bald up top, so uh, now that he's on staff at youth, uh, it's okay, he doesn't have anything to lose up there, but it, it, it's so exciting and so fun to, to be part of what our youth are doing and just watching them grow in their faith and uh, seeing them get a foundation, because the, the reality is, is, is our youth, the, the statistics say that between 6th and 8th grade is when our youth lose their faith between 6th and 8th grade, and it's not something that they profess. It's not something that they talk to their parents about. They just start to have questions about God that nobody's answering. And so this is, this is my, my shout-out for help to, to parents. Like, if, if you have a student uh, who's in that range, 6th grade and on, um, they can't come to youth until 7th grade, but, but starting in 6th grade, it is your job as a parent, it is your responsibility to make sure that your child has a foundation in their faith because they start to walk away from it and they don't tell anybody and by the time they leave high school, they're done. They're done. They don't want anything, anything else to do with it and the world's already got their hands on them and, and the world is pulling them away uh, from Jesus. So make sure that you are working with your, your, your kids at home that, that, that they understand who God is and they understand what Jesus did for them when he went to the cross for them because it is a big deal. It is a big deal, and there's so many questions that they, and things that they hear at school that they just kind of lose track of their faith. So please, as, as the youth pastor, my plea to you as parents is, is to come alongside with me and help our students to have that foundation. Now, let's, let's, let's get into today's message. We're, we're in, uh, right in the middle of this series, In Case You Missed It, and we're taking a look at some, some Old Testament stories and looking at maybe some things that just kind of went unnoticed. Some things that we didn't really catch the first time we went through that. And so my, my question to start out today is, does God still speak to us today? Does God still speak to us today? Like, have you ever asked yourself or been wondering, like, is, is God speaking to me? Is, is, God, is God telling me something? Or maybe you've been on the opposite, opposite end of that where you're like, God, please speak to me. 
Please give me an answer. I, there's been so many times in my life where it would have just been so much easier if God would have given me an answer. Right? Just on a silver platter, if God just would have spoke out and said, Jason, do this. Right? It would have been so much easier if God would have audibly spoke to me and given me what I needed. And, and, and then there's the, the, the whole busyness of life with everything going on in our lives. How do we know if we're actually hearing from God? Maybe we're hearing something, but how do we know that it's actually from God, that it's, that it's really him, or, or maybe it seems that, that we feel like he might be speaking to us, but we aren't really sure how to discern what it is that he's saying. And so today we're going to be looking at, at, at a story in the Old Testament which really highlights God's desire to speak with us, and, and, and most importantly, it shows us how we can know if it really is God or not. And so we're going to be looking at Samuel and the voice. All right, that, that, that's where we're going with this. So we'll be, we'll be camped out in, in 1 Samuel. Uh, that's where this story takes place. But before we get into that, let, let, let's pray together. Let's go to God with this. Uh, Father God, I, I thank you so much for your word. God, because that's how we, we get to know you more. God, we, we grow and we understand your, your plan for our life. God, we understand your will in our life when we go to your word. So I thank you that you've blessed us with that. God, I thank you that we can hear from you anytime we want through your word. So I pray that you would speak to us through your word today. I pray that you would move in our hearts, that you would bring us closer to you, God, and that, and that that would change who we are. We love you, God. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so a little, a little bit of a backstory here with Samuel. He was kind of a, uh, he actually was a, a miracle child. We're not, we're going to fight this quicker. All right, backstory. Samuel, he, he really was a, a miracle child. His, his mother, Hannah, was, was barren her entire life. So we read here, 1 Samuel Chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And Hannah made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. All right, so this is a little bit risky, right? Because Hannah's kind of bargaining with God. I don't know if you've ever done this before. It doesn't always go in your favor. But Hannah decides she's going she's gonna to bargain with God. She says, God, if you give me a son, I promise I will give him back to you. And God is faithful to Hannah. He hears her plea and he answers her and he gives her a son. And Samuel is born and, and Hannah is faithful to, to her side of the thing and she, she dedicates him to the Lord and his service. Now around the time that Samuel is born, Eli happens to be uh, one of the judges, one of the priests at this time and he's, he's pretty famous, he's pretty well known and we get introduced to him. 1 Samuel chapter 1 starting in verse 27. Says, this, this is Hannah. She says, I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And then later in chapter 2, verse 11, it says, and the, boy say, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. So Samuel, he, he, he's raised by Eli. He's trained up by Eli. He kind of becomes a, a, a son to Eli, and he grows, and, and he fulfills his service to God. Now, Eli was, he was, even though he was a prominent priest during the time, he was a, he was a godly man, uh, his sons didn't quite follow suit, right? So as parents, we can, we can do our best to honor God and, and be godly servants, but that doesn't mean that our children will, will follow, amen. I know some of your parents want to say amen right now, okay? So that doesn't mean that our, 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 our children will fall in line and that they will honor God with their lives. And, and the, the truth is that Eli's sons, they, they weren't the greatest guys. In fact, they didn't fulfill their, their God-given role as priests at all. Instead, they're, they're living in sin. We see uh, chapter 2, starting verse 12, it says, Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels. I love the word scoundrels. Like, I think we should bring that back. I think there, we should be, talk about scoundrels a little bit more, right? So, so the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord 
or for their duties as priests. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. So even though Eli's sons weren't following their calling, they weren't living up to their calling as priests, Samuel was stepping into this role. Samuel was stepping into this role, and Eli is building him up and, and pouring into him. We see that God loved him, and God is going to use Samuel. In fact, God speaks audibly to Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses, starting verse 2, says, One night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Now here's where the story really gets interesting because God not only calls out to Samuel one time, but he actually calls out to him four different times. Audibly, he calls out to Samuel four different times, and Samuel had no idea what was going on. He had no idea who was saying his name. He had no idea who was talking to him, and so he goes to Eli. Samuel goes to Eli, and so that leads us to to our second question today is how can we know if we're really hearing from God? How can we know if we're, if we're really hearing from God? So today we're going we're gonna to take a deeper look at this story and, and we're, we're going to answer this question. So really the, the answer to this question is, is, is we can know with testing. Okay, we, we, we have to test all of these things. And, and, and so in order to know if we're really hearing from God, we have to test what we're hearing or what we're feeling in three different ways. Okay, there's three different ways that, that, that we test what we're hearing or feeling. The first test is this. Does the message match up with what God has already spoken. Does what you think you're hearing or, or what you think you're feeling God say to you, does that match up with what God has already spoken in his word? The reality is that, that God is, is, is never going to confuse us. Okay? He's not a God of confusion. God is going to bring clarity into our life. So does what we're hearing, does what we think we're, we're feeling, does it match up with what God is, has already spoken? Now in the story of Samuel, the Bible says that during, in that day, Communication from God wasn't very common. Okay, it says it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't very common. God didn't speak audibly very much during that time. 1 Samuel 3, chapter, one, or chapter 3, verse 1. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. And then later in verse 7, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord. Samuel had never heard from God before. Okay, now this doesn't mean that God didn't communicate with his people. We, in fact, we know from all the other stories in the Old Testament that God spoke quite frequently to his people. But in this story, it just means that it, it wasn't common during this time. So Samuel didn't know. He didn't understand what was going on. He had never heard from God. And so th- this is where it's different from, from our time, right? Because we have something that Samuel never had. We have the word. We have God's word Right at our fingertips, we can go to God's word anytime. We can hear from God in our life at any time. God clearly speaks to us through his word. I love what it says here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Oh, come on, clicker, don't do this to me. There we go. All right, it says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 16, it goes on to say that all Scripture is inspired by God. All Scripture is inspired by God. In fact, the Greek word that's used here, I'm I'm probably going to ruin this, but it's theothopnustis. (laughs) Everybody say that. And it literally means God breathed. How cool is that? 
Scripture is God-breathed. This is the only place that the word, that the Greek word theopneustis is used in the, in the New Testament. 2 Timothy 3.16, it's the only place we see it. All Scripture is God-breathed. God is responsible for every single word written in Scripture. So the answer to our initial question, does God speak to us today, is, is absolutely yes. Yes, 100% yes. God speaks to us through his word. So are you, are you looking to hear from God? Are you seeking answers? Then, then start by going to his word. Start by, by getting into the Bible. Do you think that you might be sensing that God is trying to tell you something? Open up his word and, and, and let it speak to you. When we have questions about certain topics or, or decisions in our, in our lives, we should see what the Bible has to say about it. God will never lead us contrary to what he's already taught in his word. So if you're feeling that, that God is telling you something uh, different, then w- and if you go to God's word and it's different than what you're hearing, different than what you're feeling, then that, that's not from God. God will never lead you contrary to what he's already taught. Whatever you sense that you're hearing or feeling from God, always take time to test it. Always take time to test it. Now, in order to discern God's voice in our life, we honestly, we have to spend time with him. We have to spend time with God to recognize his voice. That means time in in quiet contemplation. That means time thinking about what we've read in his word. We have to spend time with that. And the more time we spend with God, the easier it becomes for us to recognize his voice and his will in our life. There's an analogy I love to use with, with the students, and that's you know, if one day I, I call you, and you don't, have my, you don't have my name, you don't have my number in your phone, and I call you and I just say, hey, what's up? You, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know who it was. You wouldn't know who it was the talking, right? But maybe we talk for a little bit, and then a couple days later I call you again. You still don't have my phone number in, in your phone, and I say, hey, what's up? And you think back to a couple days, you're like, oh, I remember, I remember this. this is Pastor Jason calling me again, right? And, so, and then the more this happens, the more we talk on the phone, the more you get to recognize my voice, the more you start to recognize inflection, the more you start to recognize tone in my voice. You might even start to recognize emotion, and you'll know what I'm dealing with, right? And the more we talk, even if you still don't have my name and number in your phone, you're going to know it's me. I was sharing this analogy one time, and one of the students raised their hand, because that's what you do at youth sermons. You raise your hand, and you talk. You interrupt. It's, it's great. Uh, but they raise their hand, and they're like, Pastor Jason, why would you call me? And I was like, that's, that's not the point of, of what I'm getting at, right? So, but, but it's so true with God. The more time we spend with God, the more we, we allow ourselves to hear our God and spend time with him, the easier it becomes to recognize when God is speaking into our life. The less like we are to be confused about what it is that, that we're hearing. So spend time with God. So how do we know if we're, if we're really hearing from God? Well, we can, we can look to his word. All right, now the second test is do other trustworthy followers of Jesus affirm this message? Do other people in, in your life who you know love Jesus, who you know love God's word, do they affirm this message? So let's jump back into this, this story of Samuel. Remember that Samuel, he, he, he didn't yet know the Lord, right? He'd never had a message. He'd never heard from the Lord before. And so when God is speaking to him, he, do, he doesn't even know it. And so what does he do? He seeks out somebody else who he knows that loves him, who he knows loves the Lord. He seeks Samuel. He goes to Eli, or he seeks Eli. He goes to Eli to try to understand this voice that he's hearing. Here we go. Chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. It says, So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go lie down again, and if someone calls again, Say, speak, Lord, 
Your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed. Now here's what I love about the story is that, is that Samuel, he wasn't quite sure who he was hearing, so he goes to Eli. He goes to the person that he trusts. He says, Eli, did, did you call me? If, if, what, what's going on? Did you need me? He, he trusts Eli. Now one of the ways that we can test what we're feeling or, or what we think God is trying to communicate to us is by seeking the counsel of those who are wise. Seeking the counsel of, of those in our life who God has blessed with wisdom. I love Proverbs says it this way. It says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. I love how true is that. How much time do we spend planning? And then God's like, nope, not today. Not doing that. Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. Because advice, counsel, instruction, all three of those things bring wisdom into our life. So my question to you is, do you, do you have someone in your life like that or someones that you can go to when you have a question, that you can go to when you're, when you're struggling with a decision that you have to make in your life? As, as a pastor, I'm, I'm blessed to, to work with a lot of people that I can go to with this kind of thing, but maybe, maybe for you it's, it's, it's a, a Christian mentor, right? Maybe it's somebody that even that you're mentoring. Sometimes the, the mentee is the one who speaks truth and wisdom into our life. Right? Maybe it's just somebody you're, you're meeting with. Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe, maybe it's time for you to meet with a pastor. But it's important that you have someone in your life that when, when you feel like God is speaking to us, that you can go to them and share it with them. Whether it's for confirmation and affirmation of, of what you're hearing or if it's just for them to challenge you and say, I don't, I don't think that's what God is saying to you right now. So do you have somebody in your life who loves you, who loves Jesus, who cares about you, wants what's best for you, and that will speak truth in love into your life? You know, there's so many different ways that this can play out in our lives, but it's, but it's so nice to have somebody who you know you can trust when you have a big decision to make somebody who will give you wisdom. And, and let's say that maybe you're feeling you need to confront someone about something, Something that's been, then been bothering you and, and, and you've wanted to say something, something to them but you're not sure how to do it and so you want advice on that. Maybe there's a way for God to speak into your life. Maybe God's trying to teach you something through that situation and so he puts somebody in your life who can speak truth, who can speak wisdom into your life. Listen, I believe that, that every person is put in our life for a reason. Okay? God puts people in our lives for a reason, so we can take things to them, we can bounce ideas off of them, or maybe it's just so we can see the kind of person we don't want in our life. But God puts people in our lives for a reason, and we can test what we're, what we're hearing, what we're thinking by inviting other people into our lives to speak truth and love into us, God-honoring people. When we take our, our thoughts and, our, and the things that we think God is saying to us, when we take those things to people who are wise, they can speak truth in love. Now listen, don't just take whatever anyone says as from God. Right? Even if they claim to speak for God, even if it's a pastor, even if it's somebody online, a lot of us have our favorite pastors that we love to listen to online, even if they say something, like don't just take what they're saying as being from God just because they're godly people. Like we still have to test them. Look at what the Apostle John says. He says, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. Even the people who, who we think love God and who we trust, 
Satan can work in their lives too. That Satan is powerful, okay? Satan can get in there and dig in to even the most righteous people. So test what they say. Because even if a pastor, even if a man of God tells you something, if it doesn't match up with God's word, then it's not true. It's not. God's word is the ultimate truth in our lives. The Bible says to test those people too. So how do we test them? We, we take their, what they say to the word of God. All right, so let's, let's look at our, our final test. Are we really listening to God or are we just trying to get our way? See, the final test, the third test, is, is us. It's our attitude. It's our heart. Are we honestly trying to listen to what God is saying into our life, or are we just trying to fit God into our plans? Are we just trying to make, make ourselves feel like God is telling us that this is what we should do? Are we really trying to hear from God, or are we really just trying to, to, to work God in? Right? Are we doing what, what Hannah was, was testing here at the beginning? Are we trying to barter with God? Right? Like, be honest, I know, I've done this. Right? God, if, if you will just do this, then I will stop doing this. Right? God, if you will give me this thing, then I promise I will do this. God, will you? God, I will. God, please. God, I need you. God, do this. And listen, God, it's not that the, the things we bring to him are bad. It's not that God doesn't wanna, want to hear our requests. Right? God loves it when we come to him with requests. His answer isn't always yes. <laughs> Right? God can say no, but God loves at least when we come to him and we present him with our problems, with our challenges, with our struggles in life. God loves to hear from us. So take your requests to God, but the, the, the question is, what do you do when the answer that God gives you isn't, isn't the answer you wanted? It's not what you wanted to hear. Well, how do you respond in those moments? Is it in faith and obedience when God says no, or, or is it in doubt? See, Samuel was a young boy. He, he was very humble. His, his heart had not been as corrupted as some others, and so he has a very teachable spirit. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. See, this isn't bartering. This isn't bartering. Samuel's not trying to get anything out of this. What we see here is, is a humble and teachable spirit. Samuel is saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm all yours, God. I am here. I am listening. Your servant is listening. But what happens when God speaks and it's something that we don't want to hear? This is what happens with Samuel. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So Samuel gets this very difficult message that he needs to deliver to this person who has, who has raised him, who has brought him up, who has taught him about Jesus, who he's grown his faith in. He's a father figure. And he has to deliver this message to Eli that God is about to bring vengeance on him. And remember, even though Eli is a godly man and he's fulfilling his duties as a priest and a judge, God has already warned him about his sons. 
God previously warned him about his sons and their behavior and said, this is, there's going to be issues here. And Samuel has to go and deliver this message. Eli didn't listen. Even though he continued to honor God with his life, he didn't listen. He did nothing about his sons. So nothing changed until now. And now Samuel has to go and deliver this bad news. Remember, this is the first time he's heard from God. And he has to take this news to Samuel. And I, he did not want to confront Samuel. So Samuel stayed in bed until morning and got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. You guys relate to Samuel a little bit here, right? He's staying in bed <laughs> until the last minute, right? He's laying, he's contemplating calling in sick so he doesn't have to deal with the issues that day, right? Like he does, he does, Samuel does not want to deliver this message. He loves Eli. Eli's a mentor to him. He's a, he's a man of God, a father figure, but Eli's family had sinned. And Samuel has to be the one to deliver this message. So when God speaks to Samuel for the first time, he has this this. Very important but very difficult task to carry out. And really this, this, this is a test to prove Samuel's faithfulness. Samuel, he had a servant's heart. He had a, a pure heart. But God still needed to test him in this situation. And it's, it's the same for you and I. And so what do we do when God tests us, when he tells us what we don't want to hear? Do we listen and obey? Or do we just try to make it about ourselves? John Juan says this. Nope. Did I skip one? Where are we at? Do you have a slide back there? Trey, can you see John 10, 27? All right, I'll just read it to you guys. Uh, John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Okay, this is Jesus speaking. He says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Then Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Oh, we do have it. Okay. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So when God speaks, are we listening? Do we trust him, or, or do we just go with our own understanding, with our own motives, with our own desires do we submit to God in all things and listen this can be hard now this can be a really hard thing to do but are we willing to trust and submit you know maybe God is 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 prompting us to to stand our ground maybe God is is prompting us to to tell someone the truth right just like Samuel did even even though that's not what that person might want to hear now listen, that doesn't give us free will to just go and, and, and rip on people, right? Hey, God wanted me to tell you that you're an idiot. Like, that's not what this means, okay? Or if somebody uses that on you, if they, if it's just, just if they say God says before it, that doesn't mean it's true, okay? So that doesn't mean we just get to go around willy-nilly and say, this is what God said. Again, we, we, we test it, but when God is speaking in our lives, when he's prompting us to do something, if, if, if for me, if I want to prove that I love God above all else, then I'm going to listen and I'm going to obey, yeah, I'm going to test that thing first. God, is this really what you're saying in my life? Let me go to your word. 
Let me bounce this off, bounce this off one, of my, one of my coworkers, one of the other pastors. I'm going to test this, but I'm going to listen and, and I'm going to obey. So does God really speak in people's lives? The answer is yes. God absolutely speaks to us today. It's not just Samuel. It's not just the ancient prophets in the Old Testament that could hear from God. We can hear from God every single day. He speaks to us too. And when we hear from God, how do we know? How do we know it's from God? How do we know this is really what God is saying? We test it. We test it with the Bible. We test it against his word, what he's already said. Does it match up? We test it with other believers, people who know you, people who love you, people who love Jesus, right? We take that idea to them and let them speak truth into that. Yes, I think this is what God is saying in your life. Or no, that's definitely not what God is saying in your life. We trust other people in our lives, and then we check our own hearts. We check our own hearts for, for the presence of, of God living in us through the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins, and when he did that, he promised that God's Spirit would come and live in us when we accept what he did on the cross. When we accept the finished work of Jesus on the cross, he paid the price for our sins. Jesus was sinless, right? He paid the price for our sins. God says, I will send a helper. I will send my spirit to live within you. When you accept that, when you accept what Jesus did, God's spirit enters into our lives, and God's spirit talks to us. It's not just God's word that we have that we can go to to hear from, and God speaks to us every day through his spirit living inside of us. And that's how we check our own hearts when we are hearing from God, when we think we're getting a message from God, when somebody is saying something to us. We listen to the Spirit. And that will convict our hearts. Yes, this is from God, or, or no, that's just you trying to fit God into your life. That's just you driving your own motive home by using God. So check your hearts. We use the Bible, we use other believers, we use our hearts. The living God wants to be in a relationship with you. The living God wants to be in relationship with you and he wants to speak to you today. So the question is, will you listen? Will you obey? Let's pray together. Father God, I'm so grateful that we do have your word. I'm grateful that you are a God who still speaks to us today. God, and even though sometimes it's, it's tempting to, to look at, at the Bible and think it's so old, it's, it couldn't be relevant anymore. God, when we look at, at the world today, your, your word couldn't be any more relevant. God, there's so much brokenness and, and, and hate, God, and so much anger and, and, and confusion. So God, thank you that we have your word. Thank you that you bring clarity into our lives. Thank you that we can go to you with our struggles, with our troubles, with our hurts, God, I pray that everyone in here, God, that you would just move in our lives. God, I pray for anybody who hasn't yet trusted in the work of your son on the cross. God, that they, they, would, they, would, they would question that, God. It's the most important decision we make in our life. God, I pray that you would move in their lives. God, that you would bring them to you. God, that you would stir in their lives just a, a, a desire to know you more, a desire to know why you did what you did for us. God, we're so grateful that we, that we can go to you in prayer. God, we're grateful that you, you come to live inside of us when we trust in your son. So God, I pray that you would just 
work in us this week, God, as, as we go about our, our daily lives, God, that we would be different people, God, that we would be changed because of your word, because of what you say to us. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.